Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. This book challenges readers to dream big. It's titled, When You Look in the Mirror. The author is Rochelle Jones, and I'm really thrilled that Rochelle is right here with me now to tell me all about it. Rochelle, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me what readers can expect in When You Look in the Mirror? Absolutely. So the book is written to encourage, I say young girls, but really any girl, young lady, woman, to recognize all of the positive attributes and characteristics that they carry and that are unique to them, given to them by God, and to really just live those out every time they look in the mirror, remind themselves of who they are in Christ, and that they are special, and that they are loved, and that they have a gift to offer the world and that they should use it to make the world a better place. Well, that's a really fantastic message, Rochelle. What sparked you to write this book? How did you get the idea to sit down, write this, and publish it? So my original copy that I've created was written for my daughter. I have three kids, two girls and a boy, and my middle child is the book, the child that the book was written for. About a year ago, she was talking about all the different things she wanted to be when she grew up, and some of them she would say, well, I can't do that because I'm not a boy, or I can't do that because I don't have this, or I don't have that. And it really struck me that even at that time she was six, almost turning seven, that she had this awareness about her that she may not be able to do things because of the way she sees herself. And so I ended up telling her in that moment that God designed you to do amazing things. So don't let your self-doubt stop you from doing those amazing things. And so I wrote the book for her. I drew the book for her. So the character in the book originally written was, it looks like my middle child. It was light-skinned with light brown hair. And every time you flip the page, the little girl looked exactly the same. And so after I I gifted to her for her birthday, I shared it on social media, and I had a lot of my friends and family tell me that I should look into publishing it. Well, I didn't know the first thing about it. (laughs) And also, I had this desire to make it more inclusive, to be more equal across the board, so any little girl who looked at this book could see herself in it. And ultimately, I redesigned the pages to include what I call beautifully brown, beautifully black, and beautifully beige colored little girls with all different colored hairstyles so that any little girl who reads it or any woman who reads it can associate themselves with the character in the book and be inspired by that. Well, that's wonderful. Rochelle, have you ever done anything like this before? What does your writing background look like? (laughs) I've never... Only two books I've ever written are this one, and then I wrote one for my nephew a year ago that's called My Big Red Truck, and I'm actually going through, I just got it approved to take it through the publishing process, so Mm. it will be out next year, but other than that, they were spur of the moment, 
um, I just felt like I wanted to encourage my, my kids and then my nephew. And I love God. I love Jesus. And I just wanted to spread that in a way that it would hit homes, maybe in broken homes, maybe in homes that aren't what you would say have a healthy relationship in the house or where parents are, if there's even parents where parents or the adult in the, in the house are encouraging their kids or even homes where they are being encouraged. It's just another way of reading those words to them and letting them see Christ come through those pages into their kids' hearts. And so that was really the inspiration, the original idea, and really just wanting to spread that message as far as I could and as efficiently, I think. So that's what led me to Christian Faith Publishing. Hmm. And I know a lot of readers and young women, young girls, are going to get a lot out of this book. It's titled, When You Look in the Mirror. This is written by Rochelle Jones, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, of course, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Rochelle, it's been really nice talking with you here today. Thank you so much for telling me all about your work, and I hope I can talk with you about the next one, too. Thank you. Look forward to talking to you about my next book. You might have heard a lot about what's in the Bible, but still be confused about what actually is in there and what it says for real. The new book by Glenn Ahrens looks to clear a lot of that up. It's titled Mysteries of the Bible, The Seal of God. Glenn is sitting right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we're going to chat all about it. Glenn, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. So, Glenn, what can readers expect in Mysteries of the Bible, The Seal of God? Well, I wrote the book with the purpose of getting out the truth about the Bible. I even went back to the original Greek, Hebrew, eyewitness accounts and stuff. The one thing that was really frustrating to me is that there are so many different, should I say, versions and religions. We're all supposed to, as Christians, those of us that are, are supposed to have one faith. And that's not the case. I mean, all you have to do is look out there. So, I mean, it, to me, there is a frustration. How can religions that are so diametrically opposed claim to have the same faith? It doesn't make sense to me. Glenn, would you say you were writing for a Christian audience or primarily a non-Christian audience? Yes, both. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, today there seems to be a trend towards prove it. People are sick and tired of being told, well, you just have to believe by faith, or grandma did it, so believed it, so you have to. They say, you know, well, show me where the rubber hits the road. Show me, show me the proof. Mm. So I spent 17 years of research to do just that, and everything in there is scientifically and historically accurate, unless I say I'm giving my opinions. Mm. Glenn, is this the first time you've taken something like this on, writing a book and being published? Yes. I have been known that I don't even write letters. Oh, wow. So what was it like then after that 17 years of research you put into it and all the energy writing and publishing it? What was it like when you finally got that first physical copy and you got to hold and look at it for the first time? You really can't describe them. Because mm. my whole life has... So many people have been told today that they can't do anything, that they're the loser and all that. And So to have something that took almost two decades of my life to come up with, through the good grace of God, it was an amazing experience, was just totally life-changing. Are you thinking you'd maybe do it again? Do you have any plans to write more in the future? I have four more books. We have three more books finished and another one I'm working on now. Oh. 
And what advice would you have for people listening right now who haven't written a book before? They haven't published before, but they really want to. How could you get them started out? I would say just go for it. If you've never tried to, you'll never succeed. Mm. It's like the Chinese adage, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Absolutely. But the, the one thing that I found out is I would highly recommend that if they're going through a publisher to make sure they retain full rights mm. to the material. There are publishers out there that will pay you all this money up front, and it sounds great, and they're going to publish your book for free and all this, but you lose all the rights to your book. Mm. So if it does become a bestseller or something down the road, it's their money. Glenn, who inspires you in your life, especially when it comes to your writing and your research towards this book? Very simply, Jesus Christ mm. and the Apostle Paul. I've written one book already on them, and I'm doing my final book now. Well, the book I'm working on now is a very exhaustive study of the Apostle Paul and his letters. Were there people that you knew who knew you were taking this on, and they were there to encourage you and back you up as well? No, no. In fact, it was the opposite. Is this a solo project for you then? Yeah. It's something I, I started out of a, from a Bible study. I sat down one day and started writing notes for a Bible study I was doing in my home. And it was like, God said, you're not going to stop writing, keep going. And I haven't stopped yet. <laughs> mm. Well, Glenn, I think a lot of readers out there, a lot of our listeners are going to find this book very helpful in their walk. The title is Mysteries of the Bible, The Seal of God. It's written by Glenn Ahrens, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick it up everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Glenn, thank you again for joining me here at the show today and telling me all about your work. I hope we get to talk again soon. I'd be more than happy to at any time. The Connection is the new book out in stores right now. It's written by Ramona Colma. And Ramona Rowe, the author, is right here with me now to tell me all about it. Rowe, thank you for joining me here tonight. You're very welcome. Can you tell me what readers can expect in The Connection? Well, it's based on fiction and nonfiction, and it's pretty much based on how our connection has been broken through choices we made and through sin itself, and how Christ, through years and years, are trying to reach us and connect us back to Him. Hmm. Ro, who were you writing to in this? What was your target audience? <laughs> to be honest, I wasn't really writing to anybody. I was mm. just writing down thoughts and stuff. Things came to me. I couldn't write unless God was speaking to me. I, it took me forever. And when I would show my friends about things, they would say, you need to do something about that. And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the dust in the universe. I'm just a speck. So I really didn't think it would come to much. Well, it certainly did. Publishing a book is certainly something huge. Have you ever done anything like this before? Absolutely not. I was raised in the ghetto. <laughs> Do you think we can see more books from you then in the future? Well, it's funny that you ask because, you know, I was listening to a sermon a few years ago and something stood out to me and I thought, hey, that would be good. That would be a good title. <laughs> so I jotted it down and I thought, let's see where this goes. And then I talked to my sister. She says, you know what? You can do another one after that. So I'm working on another one that's almost, that goes with that. It's called The Exchange. And after that, it's going to be The Promise. But like I said, I can't write unless something comes to me. Mm. I just can't. I'm not a reader. You know, I don't, I, honest to God, I don't like to read. 
the book has to be interesting and start out really well. So for me to actually do something like this, it's very time consuming and I don't like to sit still, (laughs) but here I am. (laughs) Yeah, like you said, a lot of time and hard work went into this. What was the most rewarding aspect now for you of being a published author, having this work out there for the world? Well, I guess I'll find that out as I see the reviews. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, because, you know, when I started this out years ago, like I said, I never expected it to get to this point at all. It was just something I was playing with, and it just took off. Most of what I've written has been by cell phone. Wow. Yeah, I have gone through losing my house. I still do not have a home. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm actually talking to you in my car at a park on my cell phone because I'm sitting there going, Lord, I know you got a home up there for me somewhere, (laughs) and I know there's something here until you come, but until then, I will just You know, I work full time and I just go with it and it just is taking a lot. So that's why it's taken so long, too. Totally understandable. Although a lot of our listeners right now are people who are just starting out in the writing thing. They're novice authors. Do you have any advice that you could offer them? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Pray. Let God guide you. That's the only thing I can, you know, and get ideas from people, you know. The next one that I am working on, I told my sisters, hey, how about we do it this way? I said, I need a poem after the end of each chapter. Hmm. I said, this is what it's about. This is what I'd like you to do. So I encourage them to help me in it because sometimes I just don't have the time, not in my schedule. Ramona, when it comes to the cover design, it's something that can be tricky. Can you tell me how you came about your cover? Well, my youngest granddaughter was having trouble with English. She was doing her high school and her college together. And she said, Grandma, you do well in English. Could you come and help me? And I said, absolutely, honey, but I need your help too. So she's good with computers. So I told her about the book and I said, why don't you do the design on the book for me? I don't know how to tweak it. I don't know how to go about doing all that. So she would come with several different copies. And I said, well, let's do this. Can we do it this way? And so she'd go back and she'd change it. And yeah, she did all the designing of the cover and everything for me. She's amazing. She's amazing. (laughs) I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to check this book out. The title is The Connection. It's written by Ramona Colma, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can pick this one up anywhere, like at Amazon and at Barnes & Noble and at iTunes and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Ro, thank you again for joining me and telling me all about The Connection and about your work. I hope we can talk again sometime. All right. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Finding Washington, Why America Needs to Rediscover the Virtues of Her Most Essential Founding Father. This is the name of the new book written by Richard Raines, and I'm really happy to be talking with him about it right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Richard, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Corey. Well, it's my pleasure. Can you tell me about what readers can expect in Finding Washington? Absolutely. Finding Washington is really about uncovering pivotal moments in the life of George Washington, and in those moments, uncovering various virtues that he displayed. So the book is really about making an argument for why we need a revival of virtue in our culture, and I use George Washington to both highlight the various virtues that I think we need to display And then I make an argument for how we can revive those virtues in politics and business and uh, our communities and things like that. So it's not it's nonfiction history, but it's also about our culture. Hmm. Richard, what kind of readers do you think would be most into this? 
That's a great question. I think it appeals to primarily folks who understand that we have an issue with declining morals in our culture who are interested in addressing those, but perhaps they feel like they can't make individual contributions towards reviving virtue because they're not in politics or they're not influencers in any way. And so this book is for anyone interested in reviving morality and reviving virtue, people who are interested in history and perhaps learning some things about George Washington that even as a historian, I didn't know. So I've always known I've had a book in me. I just wanted to take my time and figure out what it wanted to be about. Mm. Earlier in my career, I was involved in politics, so I, I have quite an interest in political discussions of the day. And after one of our elections, national elections, as an evangelical Christian, it became clear to me that my values and my virtues, the things that I hold dear, were being left behind. Mm. I teach theology and Christian history, and so it was really natural for me to look back in our history to find maybe those people or that person that could help inspire us, and that led me to George Washington. And the more I learned about Washington, the more I realized that for a hundred years after his death, he remained the epitome of what Americans thought was the standard for virtue and character. And so I wanted to revive that story about Washington. Richard, how long were you working on this altogether from when you first sat down to write it until it came out in stores? So I sat down in 2020 during COVID. Like a lot of people, I tried to find something to occupy my time. Mm. Took me about six months to write the book. And then, Corey, I sat on it for six months before I sought out a publisher and then decided to self-publish, found a good publisher that I thought really embraced the vision for the book. And it's been out for a few months now. So is this your first time going through the whole publishing thing then? It's my first time publishing a book. I've done a lot of freelance writing through my career, but this is my first book. Yeah, publishing sure can be a learning process. What advice would you have for people who are looking to embark on that journey too? Yeah, good question. I would say, first of all, start writing. No one's putting a deadline on you if you haven't published a book, so start writing. I would say, you know, when you get that final copy, don't choose a publisher out of desperation choose a publisher that embraces your vision for the book. This is your book and your story and whatever you're wanting to say. And I would say be patient in the process, but be firm on those issues that you think protect the vision you have for the book. And I would say beyond that, understand that publishing a book is the easiest part of the process. After that, you have to sell it. And that requires sometimes an entirely new set of skills and, frankly, skills sometimes authors aren't as familiar with. So familiarize yourself with getting in front of audiences, getting on podcasts, and selling the book. That's something I think a lot of beginners don't realize is you really do have to wear a lot of hats when you write and publish a book. You're not just writing the book. You also have to sell the book. You have to figure out what it's going to physically look like. There's so much more work that goes into it. That's right. And choosing a good publisher, Christian Faith Publishing published this book for me. And one of the things that I point to to other potential writers fairly often is that the scariest thing for me was that they were going to give me options for the book that I wasn't happy with. But every step of the way, they were very helpful. And when they presented me with their first option for a cover, I didn't even look for a second option. It was so good. So I was very fortunate to find a publisher that embraced my vision for the book. I know a lot of people are going to be interested in this book and ought to check it out. The title is Finding Washington, Why America Needs to Rediscover the Virtues of Her Most Essential Founding Father. This is written by Richard Raines, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. Richard, thanks again for joining me here tonight and telling me about your work. I hope we can talk again sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me, Corey. Sometimes we just need to get back to the basics. 
And that's what author Helen July does in her new book, Basic Prep. It's out in stores right now. I'm really happy that Helen is joining me here right now at the show to tell me all about it. Helen, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to see this new book out. Can you tell me what you've written about in Basic Prep? Well, it's actually, a, I guess, kind of like a Bible study. And the Lord gave it to me last summer, actually, right around this time in August. And it was just like really quick when he showed me. It was like, all, honestly, all of like seven seconds of this is what you're going to do. And this is going to be the titles. And so I just kind of, I came home after my walk mm-hmm. and I sat down and I started looking through my journals. And it was like, I had already wrote down the titles and the scriptures. And I didn't even realize I had done that. And at that point, I just prayed, and the Lord just kind of led me through it and guided me in what to say and what to write. Hmm. What kind of a Bible study is this? What sorts of readers do you think would get the most from it? It's honestly, it's for married women, but also single women as well Hmm. can read through it. And honestly, it could be actually for anybody, but the Lord kind of guided me to it through my marriage, and that's where it came from. Was this a long process for you? Did it take you a long time to write this and then put it through the publishing process? You know, honestly, no, it did not. Hmm. I wrote it. It took me about six weeks and two days to finish it completely. And after I was done with it, the Lord was like, okay, now you're going to publish it. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so I was like, okay, Lord. I'm like, well, if you want me to publish this thing, then you're going to have to, you know, lead me to where to go to publish it. And so I just began to search and I found Christian Faith Publishing. And I just was inquiring about it and, you know, what to do and how to do or whatever. And I sent them a copy and she called me back and was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking that would be a process. But it was like two days later, they were like, okay, we're ready to go. And I'm like, whoa. So it it happened really fast. So I know that it was from the Lord because I couldn't have done this on my own. And when you finally got that first hard copy and you got to hold it, look at it for the first time, Helen, what was that moment like for you? (laughs) I cried. I cried because I was just so, I was so happy and it was like all these emotions just kind of stirred up in me and just really being thankful that the Lord thought enough of me to make me the co-author of this book with him because it's like, it's completely from him and he just used me as a woolen vessel to write it. Do you think we'll be seeing more from you then in the future? You know what? Yeah, I think so. I have something, some ideas that the Lord has given me, and I write every day pretty much just journaling in my journals. I have probably about 20 of them that I've been writing in over the past years, and I know that something bigger is coming. And I just, honestly, I just feel like basic prep is like the first chapter of what's to come. Mm. A lot of people listening right now, Helen, are just starting out. They're authors who want to get their first book out there. What advice could you give them? I don't know. The best thing I can say is just follow the Lord in your heart. You know, allow God to lead you into what he wants you to do, because if he does it, then you know whatever he does is going to be a success. Helen, you talk so much about journaling being a big part of your life. What's so rewarding to you about journaling and about writing? For me, it's writing down the promises of God and then going back and looking how he answered it and how, you know, his hand has been on my life from the very beginning. You know, in moments for me, it's like I thought I was doing things just because it came into my mind to do it or whatever. And the Lord took me back and he began to show me step by step 
where his hand was in it. And it was like, you know, you're not that smart, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're not that spiritually in tune to, you know, just to do these things on your own. It was both the willing to do of my good pleasure. And that's where it came from. You know, it was the Lord prompted me at different points and times in my life to do things. And the moment I didn't really realize it was the Lord that was telling me it was just, but I just knew I had to do it. And so I was obedient to what I was being led to do. Mm. I know a lot of readers are going to be blessed by this book. It's titled Basic Prep. It's written by Helen July and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can pick this up everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Helen, it's been wonderful speaking with you here today. Thank you so much for telling me all about basic prep, and I hope we get to talk again soon. Thank you. There's a new book out in stores right now by Frank A. Stuck. The title is The Treasure, and I'm really happy that Frank's sitting with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable to tell me all about it. Frank, thanks for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me all about The Treasure? The idea of The Treasure is obviously something that is desirable, something worthwhile that someone wants to attain. And the way everything worked out in the book is the treasure is actually buried within that person. Interesting. What gave you the idea for this? Well, I'm a Freemason, and there is a degree that's based on a Civil War scene. There's a monument at Gettysburg that is titled Friend and Brother. And there's a degree within the Masonic fraternity that uses that theme and how Masonry can help heal the wounds of the country from that Civil War era. And when I started writing the book, it was just the division within the country just kept eating at me. And I kept thinking, there's got to be a way of bringing that idea out into the public. So I started writing the book. Who do you think would be really into the treasure, Frank? What was your target audience? I guess primarily Masons, but I have had some people who have read the book that are not Masons, and they have been very surprised at some of the things that they have learned about Freemasonry from the book. Is this the first time you've been published or written a book, Frank? Yes. It's my first attempt. Congratulations. It's out there now for the world. Did this take you a long time? It took about two years total for me to write it. Of course, that's with going back and doing editing and things of that nature. But yeah, it took about two years. After two years then, what was it like to get that first hard copy and hold it in your hands? (laughs) That was fantastic. Hmm. There's a picture of me posted on my website. It shows a smile that's on my face that I don't think a plastic surgeon could remove. (laughs) It was just a great, great feeling. I'm sure you learned a lot along the way being your first time published. So, Frank, what advice would you have to people who are just about to embark on that same journey? I would say it would be a piece of advice that was given to me while I was writing. And I got to a spot where I was having some difficulty. And one of the people that I had talked with had said, don't worry about it, just write. Mm. Let the story write itself, but you need to write. And I also recently read a quote that was attributed to Stephen King, who said, don't worry about writing right. 
just right mm. to make it right later. It's great advice. Yeah, yeah. So, Frank, what are the chances that we'll be seeing more writing and publishing from you in the future? Well, yeah, I am working on another book right now. It's also going to be Masonically themed. But the stories are actually fictional stories. But I like to try to include some historical facts. Now that you're published for the first time, your work is out there for the world, Frank. What's the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author now? Just knowing that I'm actually reaching people to make a difference in their lives. Mm. I'm a retired physical therapist, and that work as a physical therapist was so rewarding for me Mm. because I actually saw the difference that I was making in people's lives, difference to the good. You know, now that people are reading some of my work and they're saying, you know, I didn't know this, this is really nice. That's really a big boost for me. Hmm. The title of the book is The Treasure, and it's written by Frank A. Stuck. And you can find this everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes. This is published by Covenant Books. Well, Frank, thank you again for joining me here tonight and telling me about The Treasure and all about your work. I hope we can talk again sometime. Thank you. I appreciate that, and I look forward to it. I'm really happy right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable to be joined by author Anita Nina Spencer Apperly. Nina, thank you for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to have you here. It's really exciting. You have a book. It's out in stores right now called Being Bold with Bible Art Journaling, a creative, colorful way to study and share God's Word. I love the idea behind this book. Can you tell me about it? Yes. It's a book about Bible art journaling, which is taking artwork, putting it in the margins of your Bible, and sharing God's Word with others by sharing your artwork. Hmm. Where did the idea for this come from? Well, Bible art journaling has been on Pinterest for quite a few years now, and I started looking at Pinterest at the time, um, very excited about God's Word being put into colorful ways Hmm. and then put into artwork. And so I started doing it on my own. And then I started showing my friends. They became very interested in it. And then after that, they encouraged me to do a class at my church. And so I started having classes where we would have 10 to 15 people join in. And the classes would last, oh, about 10 to 12 weeks in the spring and in the fall. And I did that for about four or five years. And then finally, I said, well, now it's time to put it in a book for everybody to share. Did you have certain readers in mind with being bold with Bible art journaling? Who do you think would get the most out of this? I think young ladies will. I've had ladies from in their 20s to their 80s participate in these classes. I've had them branch off and start teaching their own classes with youth, with girls, and it's just blossomed. Mm. When it comes to publishing, have you ever done anything like this before? I have never. This is my very first, and I am so excited about it. Yeah, you should be. Was it a long thing for you to do? Actually, no. I'm a speech pathologist. I work for a school district. Hmm. So I'm off during the summer, and I sat down at the beginning of July one summer, started writing, and hated it when I had to get up and do something else. (laughs) So I was just driven. And so in one month, I had a working copy of the book. Wow. 
There's nothing like seeing that finished product, Nina. What was it like when you got that first hard copy and you got to hold it and look at it for the first time? I was in disbelief. I couldn't <laughs> believe it actually came to being. It's, it's one thing writing the book, but getting it published takes a little bit longer and you have to learn a lot about the publishing world to be able to do that. Definitely is a learning experience. What advice would you have now for people who are going to do the same thing? I would say educate yourself before you start looking for a publisher because there's so many facets that we're just unaware of when we go to the bookstore to buy a book of all that goes into it. Absolutely. Do you think we'll see more books from you in the future? I do. I see this as being a series. Hmm. And a lot of time and hard work goes into this kind of thing, Nina. Like you said, what's the most rewarding aspect of it all for you? When people tell me that they've shared the artwork or the verses from God's Word and that it's changing some attitudes and impacting some people's lives, that's been the most rewarding when I do Bible art journaling. And for me, what I do, and in the book, I explain what tools to use, which writing materials are appropriate for the Bible and which are not, because if you use the wrong kind of ink, it will bleed through the pages and ruin the next couple of pages on your Bible. So I teach all of that in this study, and I give them step-by-step -step instructions, and we take God's Word a chapter at a time. Mm -hmm. So I don't just pick out one verse and study that. We look at the whole chapter so that we can get the full benefit of God's Word. Mm. Nina, did you have people around you in your life who knew that you were doing this, taking a project of this scope on, and they could be there to encourage and maybe motivate you along the way? My friends were phenomenal. They encouraged me. They were with me. They were my editors. They were my critics. They were my motivators. I know a lot of people are going to be blessed by this book and should definitely check it out. The name is Being Bold with Bible Art Journaling, a creative, colorful way to study and share God's Word. This is written by Anita Nina Spencer Apperly, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can find this everywhere, like at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Nina, it's been wonderful chatting with you here today. Thanks again for joining me here at the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm really happy right now to be sitting down chatting with author D.L. Emmerich here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. D.L., Thanks for joining me here on the show tonight. Thanks, Corey. Glad to be here. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm excited you have a new book out in stores right now. It's titled Mice World, Man in Christian Existence Working Obediently Regarding Lord's Direction, Tale One, Mice Driver. Can you tell me all about this book? Oh, yeah, it's an amazing work. I graduated school of ministry from my church in 2005, and now that was done. I was a minister. And I kept trying to accumulate the Lord's blessings and offer them back to him because that's where I found the most joy. And so I took my uh, years of driving. I'm a, I'm a tow truck driver on the freeway service patrol. I help people for free. Wow. And I've got a bunch of stories. And so I just started writing down in a notepad and recorder and stuff to uh, accumulate wisdom to pass on down to the next generation, even though I don't have any kids yet. But the thing took a life of its own. Characters were getting fun. The stories, the whole thing started out as a script for like a, a live radio program or something. Because as a driver, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Mm. 
So when I was done writing it, everybody was like, that's great. And they heard the audio book and they said, what are you going to do now? I said, well, I guess I'll turn it into a book. And so I took it as a script and started adding the words of why and because and with great enthusiasm. And the book itself is about the main character, Mice Driver. He prays in the morning and gets his direction from the Lord. And Lord tells him, and we find out later, to go around to his town folks, the Mausopotamians, and get their wisdom on driving because he's a driver's ed instructor at the high school. And the Lord wanted to tap the resources of stuff that may not be in the DMV handbook. I thought it was a great segue to dip into the wisdom of driving, have fun with the characters. There's over 30 characters involved. Mm. And the story just grew so fun. It's the most unique book I've ever read. It's just entertaining, fresh, new, and one of many. Book two is already written, and I'm looking forward to that one coming out also. Fantastic. Is this a book you meant for younger readers then? It's meant for kids from 1 to 92. (laughs) Because if you can read, you can enjoy it. And if you can't read and someone read it to you, it would be just as fun. Mm. So there is no age limit on the book. How long of a process was this for you once you started actually writing the book out and then taking it through that publishing process? Oh, man. Well, like I said, it was an audio script. So building the words and getting them to the point where they would come out with a flow that I enjoyed. Because like I said, I I made this for the Lord. Mm. And so (laughs) the key thing to do it was to have fun with it. And I've never written a book before. So the whole process probably took three to five years working in between, you know, my 70 hours a week job. (laughs) Some days I would just show up and write, you know, this happened, you know, five words, and then I'd go to bed. (laughs) But I'd spend the days accumulating and writing out parts of it just so it would come together. And it's the most awesome thing I've ever read (laughs) next to the the Bible, which is (laughs) pretty much the source. After all that time and work, what was it like for you then whenever you got that first hard copy in, got to look at it and hold it in your hands? It's surreal. I think the people that love me are more excited than I am because with this sense of accomplishment, I use it as a platform as to what can I do with it? What comes next? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm very, very excited about the blessings that I've been given to this point. And we serve a mighty God. So I'm, I'm excited about the future. And for you now, what's the most rewarding thing about knowing that your work is out there for the world and people are reading this and benefiting from it? Hands down, it would be the confidence. Mm. I don't know about other people's upbringings and lives, but I always kind of felt less than and then I had to prove myself to God and the people around me, which, you know, makes me try harder. Mm. But it also comes from a place of less than. That's not very cool. So (laughs) putting out an accomplished work is an undeniable achievement. So I can't righteously get down on myself anymore. I can only move forward with the confidence that I've gotten this far and the Lord blesses me onward. Mm. I think this book is going to bless a lot of readers. It's titled Mice World, Man in Christian Existence, Working Obediently Regarding Lord's Direction, Tale 1, Mice Driver. It's written by D.L. Emmerich and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this one everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. DL, thanks again for joining me here on the show tonight and telling me about your work. I hope we get to do this again sometime. Awesome. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity. God bless you and yours. And everybody dive in. You won't regret it. God bless you. Why come I don't talk right? 
That's the name of the new book. It's written by Robin Robinson, and I'm really happy that she's with me here now to talk all about it. Robin, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, and thank you for being here with me. Well, thank you so very much, Corey, for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me about what readers can expect and why come I don't talk right? Well, I think it's just a a fun take on a young girl who's starting to have a few questions as she's beginning to be teased for the way she speaks, Mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't have anything to do with bullying, mind you. It's just some fun nature teasing that basically comes from her family. Marianne is a seven-year-old girl. She's from the rural south. And the town where she lives in, everyone pretty much speaks the exact same way. Her family gets some devastating news one day as she comes home from school and she finds out that her dad, who has been sick for quite a while, has passed on. A little while after her father passes on, her mother lets them know that they will be moving. They will be moving with some relatives that she's a little bit familiar with but not terribly familiar. And when Marianne asked her mother why they would be moving, her mother simply explains to her, well, family needs to be with family at a time like this. Hmm. Well, Marianne didn't really understand that because she felt like she was with her family, with the exception of her dad just passing on. So they moved in with relatives who live up north. And once Marianne moves in with these relatives, she starts to realize that generally once she starts speaking or shortly thereafter, you know, there's some little giggling around. And so she has a 10-year-old cousin that she asks, you know, well, why does everyone laugh after I speak? And then the cousin, not really knowing how to really explain it, she says, oh, girl, because you don't talk right. And then she says, well, why come I don't talk right? And then her cousin explains to her, well, I really don't know why. After this goes on just for a little while, Marianne is introduced to a neighbor who lives next door and has spent some time working at a library. And Marianne starts to have these, these questions are becoming more and more intense. And By way of a very kind explanation, the neighbor pretty much explains to Marianne, Marianne, it's not that you don't talk right. It's just that you talk a little differently than other people. So she pretty much introduces Marianne slightly to the uh, term standard English. And it pretty much takes off after that. Robin, what sorts of readers do you think would like this book? Is this meant for younger readers? Well, it was deemed juvenile fiction, grades between five and nine or ages between five and nine. Mm. But I really believe that all readers could find something to like about this book because it was a, a really simple take on being teased as opposed to being bullied. And When you think of it, when I thought of it, I realized that people, no matter where they live, your take on speaking differently can be as simple as where you were reared or as serious as possibly having a speech impediment. In Marianne's case, it's due to where she was reared. So I just think it was a a pretty fun book. 
Robin, can we expect more books for me in the future? Do you have ideas you're working on? Absolutely. We have one that's in the works right now, and it's called Blue Betty. I don't just want to give it away just now, but it's about two sisters who uh, grow up as great friends. And then one of the sisters starts to feel as if the mother is starting to favor another sister. As it turns out, she's understanding. Her understanding is just different on a couple of particular topics. So hopefully we should have that in the works real soon. Wonderful. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this book. It certainly has a great message. The title is Why Come I Don't Talk Right. It's written by Robin Robinson. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get this book everywhere, like at Amazon and at Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Robin, thank you again for joining me here tonight and telling me about your book and about your work. I hope we get to talk again sometime. Thank you so very much for giving me the opportunity, and thanks so much for calling. The author I'm talking with now has led an extraordinary life, and she's written a book to help others find victory. Her name is Patricia Tidmore, and her book is called I Serve, You Notice. Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, Patricia. Thank you very much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me all about your book, I Serve, You Notice? The book is pretty much about people, men, women, that go through divorce, depression, poverty, rape, and other things that they go through, addiction, sicknesses, sexual perversion, and shame. And these are the things that I went through personally, and I would like to see people get healed and delivered from these things. A lot of people have a lot of issues going on with them, and they think that there is no God. They blame God sometimes and think there's no hope for them. So this book pretty much helps you understand that God does still love you. Hmm. This couldn't have been an easy book to write, I could imagine, Patricia. So what inspired you? What gave you the idea or persuaded you to sit down and say, i got to tell my story, i got to write this out and tell it to the world so I can help others? Well, years ago, when I was a little girl, I was tossed around in a lot of foster homes. My mother had passed away, and I was writing poems back then about my situation, and I was a troubled child. And so as I was growing up, I was telling everyone that I would one day write a book and tell my story. I didn't know that it was going to come true like this, but... God had laid on my spirit to write and that to become an author. And so this was something that I didn't even expect, but it did happen. So I sat down one day and I just started jotting things down and bringing up my past. And even I got delivered through some of the things that I remembered. Patricia, was that a long process for you to write this and publish it? Yes, it was. It it took me about two and a half years to write it. But I was so afraid to put it out there and I was concerned about what other people thought about me or even family because there's some things that are so personal in there that it's even about family. And God just put it on me to be strong and speak how I felt. Then is this your first foray into the world of writing and publishing? Yes, it is. I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way then, Patricia. What advice would you give to authors who want to tell their stories well but haven't done it yet? To don't be afraid. Go in much prayer because it is being God-led. 
And God wants us to put books out there. He wants us to tell our testimony. So I would say, don't be afraid. Continue on through prayer and even fasting and sitting before God and ask him, where does he want you to begin? And Because none of us know how to begin, how to end or anything, but it has to be God to lead us. Mm. What's that moment like, Patricia, when you get that first hard copy of your book in and you get to hold it in your hands and look at it for the first time? What's that like? It was so exciting. I couldn't believe it was me (laughs) in this and my pictures in it and reading it and hearing my life story personally to myself. It just was exciting to me. And it is now. And I plan on continuing to write. That was my next question. I was hoping that you might have more in the works. Can you tell me about what you're working on? Right now, I'm working on after you get saved, what you can do after that. Mm. My next book will be called Voices, Bumps, Thumps, and Jumps. And what that means is all the voices you hear that tries to make you back away, all the noises behind everything that you believe. I went through so much even after being saved that I really would advise people to make sure that they hang in there, stick with it, because it's not an easy job to write or be saved or any of that. So just hang in there. I really am compassionate for men and women that really have been through a lot, and I would like to see souls saved. Well, I know a lot of people are going to be helped and blessed by this book. And Patricia, thank you for sharing your story with the world so that you can help others. The name of the book is I Serve You Notice. It's written by Patricia Tidmore, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this book everywhere, of course, like at Amazon and at Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Patricia, thank you again for joining me here today and telling me about your life and about your book. I hope we can talk again sometime. Yeah, thank you for having me again, Corey. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.